0: Welcome inside the locked on NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from thedraftnetwork.com, along with Trevor Sicama, also from thedraftnetwork.com here on Trevor, I can safely say a beautiful Tuesday morning. Actually, we are recording. Let's just be honest with the people for a second. We're recording, not that we intended to be deceptive, on a Monday night. <laughs> this is Starting off wonderfully. I just want you to know you're,
1: you're doing terrific. Listen,
0: I'm just trying to be all, I'm trying to keep it a (laughs) hundred with my people. That's it. And I want them to know, because right now I'm sitting in my office recording with you and I Mm -hmm. have my window wide open on, on the evening of February 4th in the year of our Lord, 2019 in the mountains of Pennsylvania. It was about 65 degrees and sunny today. And let me tell you, sir, it was something
1: special to behold bro dude i got i'm telling you i'm all in on pennsylvania now after i saw that pennsylvania was the only state that had chicken wings as their go-to super bowl snack i said all hail yeah our pennsylvania yes because it truly is so like i am you know i'm I'm a transplant at this point i've already looked at houses um I looked at the weather and wow. then decided to not do it, but I'll enjoy you guys from afar. So. This is really – I was
0: going to say that would have been a really bold strategy. We were in the negatives for most of last week, and we, we have been – no joke. It has been in the – it has been high 50s the last like – want to say like 60 hours probably mm-hmm. for the better part of it, just dipping down to the 40s at night. We still cannot see the ground because of the snow,
1: even with how much has melted. Still can't. Hey, speaking of the high 50s. Horrible. This quarterback class and where we're going to rank them overall. Hello. Do you wow. see that segue? That's how it's done, John. That's wow. how it's done. Take Unbelievable. notes. Unbelievable. Can tell you've got
0: somewhere to be tonight, so let's get right to it, baby. Here we go. <laughs> our our quarterback rankings. We are the only two members of the DraftNetwork.com, unless Wait. Brad stands with us, which we don't know yet because he hasn't revealed any of his quarterback thoughts. I don't know if he watches people outside of them wide receivers, tight ends. No, he watched a couple of these,
1: but when he gets done scouting this wide receiver class, he's just going to start going in the next year's one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. There's like 70 in this class and next year will be one of the best we've probably ever seen, but this quarterback class. Okay. We're today. We're taking a break from the, uh, the going through the divisions and talking about uh, that kind of stuff. We were talking about kind of the outlook uh, of the off season for uh, all the divisions in the NFL. We're actually looking at our top ten positional rankings, which have been updated for all of us over at the Draft Network, except for Brad, because like I said, I don't know how if he's, I don't know if he does anything other than wide receivers and tight ends. But uh we, Cal, and myself, and you, and Joe, and Ben have all updated our top ten positional rankings over at the Draft Network. You guys can go and check those out under the 2019 Prospects tab. Uh, you can scroll down uh, down to the bottom. There's like prospects rankings uh, in that drop down, and you can select the position you want to see. We're going to discuss our top tens today. We're going to focus on the offensive side of the ball. Tomorrow we'll do defensive side of the ball. Give you guys kind of an in-depth breakdown of how we saw the field, especially in the spots that really matter. Like QB1, where you and I have Kyler Murray. But we do. I feel extreme trepidation about this decision. Do you?
1: Um. No. Because really you're
0: just ranking off the things that you can control, right? Like. You can't yeah, control of. whether he plays baseball,
1: like so. It's okay, right? And I, I mean, like, even baseball aside, uh, I think that Kyler Murray, like, if I had to pick one quarterback to win an NFL game right now, I'd pick Kyler Murray from this class. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, it, this one's pretty easy for me. That the part where I could understand people putting Dwayne Haskins as a QB one is, you're 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 hoping that he obviously takes more steps in advancing his game. But I do wonder, as you have brought up on this podcast before, whether he can really run anything like near a vertical offense. Because you talked about him um, being favorable with short to intermediate throws. He gets to move the ball pretty easy in Ohio State's offense because they have a lot of athletes on their team. And I don't want to take anything away from him in that regard. I mean, I've even said on this podcast, he looks so much better as a quarterback uh, in his last game of the season than he did the first. Which is really great progression as his first year as a starter as a 20-year-old went on. So I have to recognize that and respect it, and I do. But, you know, right now I think that Kyler Murray shows better natural accuracy, better natural touch. Um, I think he has better instincts. I just think he understands playing the quarterback position better. I just think Kyler Murray, and I, I use that word natural, and I'm going to use it throughout the draft process when explaining him, he is such a natural of a football player, and he just happens to play quarterback, and he plays, it I think, really well. Now, you know, there are concerns with him, um, yeah. but, I, I, you know, if I'm, t- I don't love this quarterback class and with sure. a lot of other question marks and limitations within other guys, give me Kyler Murray. That's kind of where I am with him. In the right. Quarterback. No, I hear you. And that's basically what I came down to for me. You know, I
0: thought to myself, you know, am I just okay with settling for what Haskins is? Because I just don't. This, people talk about sealing it upside with Haskins, and I don't know the more I watched him, I just felt like I, I didn't think his tools were unbelievable or anything. Like, he has a good arm for sure, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's like a great arm or anything like that. Nothing like the way Kyler Murray throws the football for sure. And, you know, he's risk averse, uh, which means you're probably not going to get a lot of turnovers with Dwayne Haskins ever. Um, he makes smart decisions with the football for the most part. He, I, I would say, uh, except for the sins of omission, which was what I wrote in his report. Where the he, Sins of Omission. Yes, where he chooses not to throw the football. Bro, to certain have wide you open written receivers. about that?
1: Uh that's a headline. Bro, I, if you don't if you don't write that about <laughs> Dwayne Haskins and put that as a headline before the draft is over with, I'm gonna be angry with you. I, well I did I did say it in a scouting report, but I'll okay, I will no, I need um, that okay. on a headline, front page network.com sins, sins of omission.
0: Dwayne Haskins and the quarterback sins of omission. Wow. Oh, it's coming your
1: way. I, I already clicked that article right now. It's wow. time ridden
0: That's honestly miraculous. But I, with him, I just feel like you're getting such a limit. It's just, you know, and you said if you want to pick one to win a game with, you would pick Kyler Murray. I agree with that. I think in some ways, though, it's e- it would be maybe a little bit easier or simpler to build a game plan around Dwayne Haskins. You would just need everybody else to be pretty good. Like your receivers would have to be great after the catch. Ohio State's were. Your scheme would have to be really good. Ohio State scheme was really good. Your offensive line would have to give pretty good protection. And Ohio State did. And so in in those right. environments, like, yeah, against a, a horrible – like a year where the Big Ten was super down, Dwayne Haskins did really, really well. And I don't want to – like he he did some things in and of himself that were really good, but for the most part – yeah, that scheme won them games. I mean, that's just – it yep. does – like I watched like seven games. I was just like, where are the throws? Like he it just – is super, super simple stuff. I mean, and- he,
1: he makes the throws, but there aren't a ton of throws outside of what Ohio State's offense does to help him. Yeah, it's just a lot make of easy you- stuff and –
0: I felt like right. when he went down the field, he wasn't very good at all on a consistent basis. He just was not a good – he just didn't – he didn't throw I, with a great velocity. He, his mechanics aren't good enough to really I maximize I,
1: his velocity either. I think I'm higher on his deep ball accuracy and his deep ball ability more than you are, but I do see where you're coming from. Like the, the his throwing motion is super weird to me, and he, he certainly does not put a ton of zip on passes. Like Haskins has an arm to get it about – you know he can get the ball six yards. There's times out. where he but just like,
0: lollipops the throw, like it's right. I mean, he, right. Could, he should drive that sucker, and he just like I'm like and man. Kyler, like, Kyler's got zip. Yeah, Kyler's he, got absolute zip.
1: Yeah, so he, he that, will
0: that was, he will throw way dumber passes than Dwayne has. Like Kyler Murray will just straight up play blind at times. Like listen, just listen whip the ball into coverage. Like I'm like, what you is gotta, this guy even doing?
1: You gotta put your chips on the table if you wanna win.
0: And that's what that brings to the crux of this whole thing, which is that Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, if they are indeed QB one and QB two in whatever order in the eyes of NFL teams, you could not be talking about more different players in so many ways. Like Kyler Murray is this like risky, you know, outside the pocket, outside of structure. He can scramble, he can run, he can do all these different things. He he's Mm -hmm. he's exciting, he's exhilarating, but there isn't any of the steadiness really that you get. I mean, he made what that throw on the move against Alabama, where he's stepping up in the pocket and flicks it right on the money. Unbelievable. Three throws before that or whatever throws into triple coverage. Throws no chance at any point in the play. Just literally decided, I'm trying to, I'm going for this. I mean. Didn't even drive the ball, just like stuff like that, dude. You are getting both ends of the spectrum with Kyler Murray. With Dwayne Askins, you're pretty much in the middle all the time. And so it really does become a fascinating discussion of which quarterback you value more because stylistically they are super different skill set wise they are super different Haskins has been compared to like Ben Roethlisberger even though I know he's not the tallest quarterback he's been compared to Ben Roethlisberger which is a horrible comparison but he's been compared to like Ben Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston because they're big thick pocket passer type of guys even though that wasn't really even true about Ben but terrible comparisons, but physically, I think is where people get there with and Kyler Murray's what compared to maybe like a smaller Russell Wilson, like, right. It's just totally different. Like they're just, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. So you can't really like either. So it's going to some teams are going to be like, if your team Murray as a NFL team, I don't know how you can be like, Oh, but if Haskins is there. We're going to take him too. Do you know what I mean? Like that just that seems be, weird yeah. to me. They're yeah, the same. no,
1: it's interesting. No, I'm I'm with you. There's there's some logic there.
0: And by the way, I don't think that the drop off from Haskins, who is my QB two and your QB two, to Drew Locke is significant. You know, I haven't even finished Drew Lock's eval, so I I won't even say that Haskins is for sure above him. Although I think he will be, um, but it'll be pretty close. And I don't think there's a, like, you know, with Lock, I think you're getting somewhere between Murray's like crazy style of play and Haskins, just slow and steady, slow and steady. You know, I think you're getting somewhere between that with him. Uh, I like that. He improved as the season went on. Um, I think that he's recognizing things about his game that he kind of, I it felt like when he was in mobile that he was thinking about things in his game that he kind of wished he'd always had Derek Dooley. Didn't it sound like that when he was talking, like he Who wished he he'd on? always, yeah, he'd wished he'd always been oh, in a more yeah. pro style offense. Right? Yeah. Of course, of course, yes. I think that he felt like his footwork came away ways and his game came away, and he just wished he had more time to kind of show teams that. And obviously yeah. he's going to get that anyway because he's probably going to be a top 20 pick. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's horrible or anything. I think the narrative has been basically that Haskins is this locked top 10 pick, which he probably is in real life. But he's he's a locked top 10 value, I should say, that he's that good as a player that Kyler Murray is this exciting wild card that could be in that car. And Drew Locke is just kind of this guy that belongs in day three, but the NFL is going to take top 10. And I just don't know that I would see the disparity that way. Although yeah, Locke is probably closer to day three than he is for top 10 in my, in my estimation still. But I don't know. I don't see that gap as being significant.
1: Yeah. I, I have him in tears, like kind of as you often do with a lot of rankings. And um, I would say that Kyler and Dwayne are in the, like the first tier. But then I would say Drew Lock is my QB3 is in like tier two, like just by himself. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't really lump him with you. Like I think he's kind of heading, I think Drew Lock is above these other dudes that I have at four, five, six, seven. And I think he's actually probably closer to it. I mean, that's fair what you were saying. So it's, I have it in QB1 and QB2 are tier one for me. QB3 is tier two. And then I've got Will Greer, Brett Rippin, jordan tamu and then daniel jones almost all in like a bin of i don't really know what to do with these dudes but nothing special that's for sure here you go you know and then yeah. tyree jackson and gardner Minshew would be after that in another tier there um i have tyree jackson and qb6 but everybody's got to keep
0: this in mind too when i'm talking about Dwayne haskins and drew lock haskins right now is like a third round grade for me Like i grade in a vacuum i don't add value for quarterbacks so that you just kind of are where you are. Like if you're going to be a developmental starter type, or if you're going to be like a, a decent starter, but not like anything beyond that, you're in that round three bucket. That's where Haskins is. You had a decent starter. At the what quarterback was like,
1: give people an example. Like what was Rosen for you last year? Cause so Rosen was your QB one. So
0: Rosen was top 10 type of pick. Like I thought he and Baker Mayfield were like special type players, type prospects. Darnold was an early second for me on my, in a vacuum, but because that, translates to very good starter at quarterback you would as a team you would want to take that in the top 10 so i was totally on board with darnell going top 10 uh lamar jackson was like a mid day two type of guy like i think early round three basically was where i saw him so like you know project out a little bit for value of a quarterback i could i got on board with baltimore taking him late first because you know again that's like solid starter range you know for me on my board and at quarterback that's probably worth a first round pick even because that's like better than what most teams in the NFL have at the mm-hmm. position. So, you know, that's kind of how you got to think about it on my board. So I get Haskins. I'm okay with him going a little bit higher. I think top 10 is crazy, but I don't think he's going to save a franchise in the top 10. Let's put it that way. So Locke, you know, if he's in that third round range too, when he finally grades out, you know, my QB four, five, and six, like five is Jordan Tiamu for me. And he's around four grade. I like him as a developmental guy, but like Tyree Jackson's QB six, and he's probably going to be in four or five for me, you know? Like that type of range, if he stays there, you know I haven't yeah. finished him yet either. But so hard for me to get excited about anybody else. Daniel Jones is low for both of us. QB seven for you, QB eight for me. I have to finish his eval to be honest, but I've seen a good bit of him. I just can't imagine getting more excited about him beyond being a day three. Like to me, he's he's almost definitely going to be a day three value for me. I just I don't see it. What to me? What 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 do you get excited about? Like it isn't his arm. It, it isn't the fact that he's this super quick mental processor. Or this amazing athlete, he doesn't make big time throws. Um, he's not overly accurate outside of the really simple stuff, especially down the field. I just, I don't know. Like uh, him, him going round one would blow my mind. To be honest, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think the NFL loves him. I just don't think they do. All right, let's move on to running back. Whew, this is the All hardest right. group for me. This is so hard for me. I I I honestly I've seen less of the running backs than I have any other position group, and it's intentional because why would you want to scout a position where your RB19 can run for a 1,000 yards and <laughs> as easily as your RB3? You know what I mean? Like,
1: It's hard, man. It makes it
0: hard. I hate it, dude. <laughs> Every year we do this, and it's like I kick myself about running back rankings when really it just didn't matter, man. It's, you know, it's just
1: where you land is so big. But It's so big.
0: I still feel like Joshua Jacobs is a clear RB1. For me, uh, I,
1: think all, I think all of us have yes, that. All of us.
0: At the, yes, we We see him a little bit differently across the board, but he is all of our RB ones. Um, his tape was sensational. I just wish he touched the ball more. You know, I mean, I think his tape's awesome. Like I have very few complaints about him based on his tape. He was extremely good. His athletic testing will be interesting to see if he stays in round one for me. But right now I have had early grade on him. Then you're still you're still kicking it with Rodney Anderson. Huh? He's down there in my RB nine just because I, I the dude just cannot stay on the field and I
1: right. But like yeah. I'm I'm just I'm grading talent at this point. Sure. Like obviously, if, obviously, like if I was if I was in a war room, if I was in a draft room for a team, you're taking this heavily into consideration. You're going into the combine. You're figuring out what his body is like. You're getting medical tests. You're interviewing. You're doing all this stuff. But like talent wise, Rodney Anderson's RB two. Like, and it's not like it, there's not really a debate for me. So. Uh-huh. I am – he is my RB2 under the impression that like he heals from his injury, he gets okay, and like he is healthy. But like to your point, if he is RB9 because of injury concerns, I totally get that. But Well, here's
0: what I was going to say beyond that. Like I don't think he's – it's not just injury concerns. Like I try to just flag guys for that kind of stuff. But I just haven't seen anything consistent. Like when I watched his best games last year, it was like, okay, I like some of these runs. But like he was running into like empty boxes, not getting touched for 10 yards I didn't know if his tra- athletic traits were great, and now you're telling me he's also not been on the field enough to really do anything consistently for me to get behind.
1: Nah, I'm caving for him. I don't know. Size, what? speed, athleticism, I think. How he, fast do you I, think I, he is? His, I don't know, like, I don't know, four or fives? I don't know. Okay, All right. He
0: does have size. I'll give you that. He runs hard yeah. for sure. I like David Montgomery number two right now, but I have to do a lot of work on him. I still have to finalize his evaluation. I like Daryl Henderson a lot. He's both of our RB3s. Yep. You got yep. Miles Sanders up there at number four. I, I like
1: get- Miles Sanders a lot, man. Yeah. I really I have, do. I have
0: to see a lot more of him, but I watched him against. Oh, who did they play?
1: I really like Miles Sanders. It
0: was a night game. I can't even remember who they played, and he was really, really impressive in that game.
1: I think Miles Sanders is, like if we're talking about somebody who is not getting talked about enough, I would tell you it was Miles Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like even some like even some of the guys who I have lower on my list, like David Montgomery, um Elijah Holyfield, mm-hmm. Benny Snell, Damian Harris, like even Divino Zigbo, like all of these guys, you have heard their name. Heck, even like Devin Singletary, right. you have heard their names a lot. Not no, maybe not a lot, but you have just heard them throughout well, the last couple of months are probably the draft process. You've, you've looked him up. Um, I've seen writers you know, write profiles mm-hmm. on him and everything like that. Yeah. I, I, Miles I, Sanders is quiet. You're right. I don't know why no one is talking about Miles Sanders. He's good. He's really good.
0: I have so, to watch more of them. That's, I know that's my the situation. I don't know if everybody's kind of in that boat as well, but it feels like
1: I a haven't lot. finished my eval of them either, but I think I've seen more games than you have. And I'm like, okay, this mm-hmm. dude's got like all around talent. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he definitely had a great year. And when I did catch
0: their games, uh, he really did impress me. Unfortunately, they almost always played during an SEC game that I had to cover for the site. So I really didn't see much Morton of that. Lord knows
1: you have to watch the SEC guys because it just means more.
0: Oh, it. Hundred percent.
1: Speaking of the SEC guys,
0: Travion Williams and Elijah Holyfield, RB five and six for me. I don't know if I'm like totally down with Holyfield like uh, Ben Solak is, and uh, they RB2. Well. Yeah, he might be higher for me than this, but that does feel a little bit high to me. Uh, I, when I watched him this season, I just kept coming back to burst. He has quick feet, like laterally. I think he does make some pretty decent cuts, but I also think a lot of those highlight plays that you see everybody kind of posting on Twitter about him. I think a lot of those were really terrible angles or defensive backs, like stopped their feet coming up and run defense. And he got outside of them and like, I, not to totally take away from him, but I just don't know if you're going to see that kind of juice, like to get away from people. And he from doesn't Holyfield? Yeah. He doesn't, no, I don't
1: think, I don't really think so either. That's why like, right. that's why yeah he's like a
0: good inside runner with the ability like he he's not like totally limited but i don't think you're gonna make it you make your hay with him as your feature back all over the field either but i gotta finish his eval i did like some of what i saw from this season and and uh that's kind of where i'm at with a lot of these running backs as a whole singletary's getting a lot of love right now Mm -hmm. i watched one game of him man the the couple plays like he he really does have like a couple plays every game that really make you stand up but it's not consistent at all and he's pretty like he doesn't make a ton of great decisions beyond a lot of scrimmage. He feels like a really kind of boomer bust type of player for me so I'm excited to get I started taking notes on him I'm excited to get the rest of his evaluation you know I know some people are super high on him uh, see if maybe he changes my mind as we continue to move through the process. How about wide receiver? This is a group where How about it? the opinions feel like they're all over the place. And with us, it has been no different throughout the entire thing, basically, even going back to the summer. yeah, We yeah. are in a chord at the top with DK Metcalf. We are in a chord at number two with Calvin Harmon. So that I yep. actually didn't know. I forgot where you kind of were with Calvin Harmon, but yeah. So we're in a chord there. Riley Ridley is my number three. Riley mm-hmm. Ridley is your number six. Your yeah. number three is JJ, Arsega Whiteside.
1: Yeah, you, I'm like, you K-4. will not quit him. No, I'm gonna keep caping I'm gonna keep caping for him unless he runs like a four six and then I'm like, all right this isn't great and okay. then that's a good way to look at it and then like I'll have to reevaluate it because right now there are plays from our Sega White side that I look at him and go, you know what there's enough speed there there's enough speed to complement um being so good at boxing guys out so good with his body quick feet for a dude that size who plays that type of um that's a receiver. Brad Kelly was doing a breakdown of him, and I saw that he really liked a lot of the things that he had, a combination of some of the quickness with the size. And so if our Sega Whiteside can run in the 4.5s, I'm great with it. Like, I am I am comfortable with my assessment of him and that Marquise Colson kind of mold. I really am. But then if he runs, like, in the 4.6s or, like, mid 4.6s or something, then... I've got to cool down on him just because then the flashes of speed that I might have seen on the field, I have to be honest with myself and say those aren't as sustainable or as consistent as they're going to need to be for me to pick him above guys like Bradley Ridley or Hakeem Butler or maybe even Keel Harry or Antoine Wesley or something like that. So that's kind of where but, I am with our second
0: But is Marquise Coulson wide receiver three in this class, even if he gets to that point?
1: Oh, Marquise Colson's good as hell, dude.
0: He was definitely good. There's no doubt he was he like a super dynamic no i mean he definitely had production there's no doubt about it but
1: i mean and i know he played with breeze but like what do you want to okay. do like okay. he played with breeze and he had the production he was good marquise golston was good man. yeah no doubt he was good but i like this wide receiver class a lot as do i riley ridley mm-hmm. being my wide receiver six honestly ridley could be four for me i mm-hmm. kind of really debated sure. where to put him between Actually, all four of those guys, Hakeem Butler and Keel Harry, Riley Ridley, and Antoine Wesley are, are guys that I really like and can almost, depending on what team is drafting them. I you, didn't, put a, you didn't buy into the Debo Samuel hype after the
0: senior bowl. He's down there wide receiver 9 for you.
1: I mean, again, you talked about how good this wide receiver class. I mean, Terry McLaurin's right after him, and I love Terry McLaurin. Yeah, so, it's true.
0: I cut it off. At, I'm not even crazy about him, Keel Harry, but he's still like a mid-day 2 value for me, and he's wide receiver 9 for me. He's 5 for you. We've been pretty pretty much that gap between us on Harry the whole time you see an alpha I see a guy who can't separate who does make some contested plays but it isn't consistent his ball skills are consistent I don't think he's going to test great honestly he reminds me of and Treadwell I hope he tests better oh than that. lord yes.
1: you just went there I went there
0: he oh my- boy now, you keep in mind Treadwell is definitely more talented than i think but he just like can't like he doesn't get the game like it doesn't come naturally to him whatsoever like it oh, he's right. just been like a big speed bump in the nfl like he just doesn't i mean he can't he can't really process coverage or anything like he that's where he's really struggled so there's more to it but as physical players that's the kind of impression i get from harry guys who they oh, win in kind of man. similar ways when they win yeah so you're making
1: me nervous now you're making
0: yeah. me nervous that's how i feel about it but you know here's the thing with harry He's got to run well, right? Like I think
1: he's got to run. Oh, he's for to, sure. He's got to yep. have
0: good agilities. And yep. if he doesn't test, we have our answer, correct?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot, or at least it's a lot more clear. I think that I feel that way about AJ Brown too. Among the wide receiver position, I don't think the combine is bigger for any one person than it is for Nikhil Harry.
0: Sure, I, I mean him and AJ Brown. I think probably I think they're probably in that similar boat. You know, both guys that win in certain ways, but I don't think athleticism is is high on the list of top qualities for either guy. Mm-hmm. So I think those it's important for both of them for sure. But uh, I, I like the wide receiver class a lot. Um, my kind of, I know you have Terry McLaurin kind of in there and Antoine Wesley. I wanted to throw Wesley in there. I watched, by the way, Wesley against Houston. He I good. Don't know if you've seen that game, dude, but he good. He had like two hundred thirty seven yards receiving and thirteen oh, catches or something. And it was unbelievable. Like he was, he was just. Killing people. I know Houston can't cover. I don't think he's going to test great or anything, but he is definitely an interesting prospect. I still like Emmanuel Hall, wide receiver rate for me. Uh, I definitely think that in the mid day two range, this guy can make plays vertically. He's got great speed, and his game came a long way technically this season. Good releases, much better routes. They asked him to do more things, and I think it opened up his skill set when he was on the field. Wish he would add had a full season healthy, but. Um, I definitely was super impressed with what I saw from him. Okay, let's go to tight ends because we still got to do tight ends and then we'll hit offensive line quickly. Uh, I know we'll have to cut you off on offensive line because you'll have a lot of analysis. But um, (laughs) (laughs) TJ Hawkinson for me, Noah Fant
1: for you. Tell the people why you're wrong. No, I mean I just haven't done – a, like a ton of off-season research on him. I know you're super, you were super pumped about Hawkinson, but like I have not watched to this point. I have not watched any more of Hawkinson than I did like in November or something. And so even then, I was most of the Iowa games I was watching. I was watching for fan. So. I really still need to do a deep dive in Hawkinson. From what I have seen, those ceiling plays and even the couple of, of games that I was able to study early on in the season, I mean, he's like he clearly has the skill set. And if I look at more of his games throughout the season, and he's consistently this good, this highlight of a player, this dude who can block his ass off and use his size to his advantage every time and move better at his size than other people can, then, I mean, perhaps he jumps no Fant, but I mean, Fant's awesome. I think he's great. Hawkinson, I think has for, even from what I've seen a higher ceiling than the rest of the tight end class, which is really saying something. Cause I do really like the tight end class, but that's kind of where I am with it.
0: I think Hawkinson's going to be not only a top 10 guy for me, he might be top five on my board. He's that good. Like he's, he's really, really, really good all around good. And I think he's going to test way better than what some people are talking about. Irv Smith is everybody at the draft networks, tight end three. That was like the weirdest thing as I was going through the positional rankings. Like, how is, that's so random in a tight end class like this that mm-hmm. we're all tight end three on Herb Smith. But oh, we have so Dawson Knox's four. We nice. both have Dawson Knox's four. Yes, we do. Nice. Yeah, the complete like out-there projection. I mean, that's what you have to do, right? I mean, the guy caught 15 passes. He was thrown to 22 times this season. He was thrown yeah. to once in the red zone. He has never scored a touchdown in his college career. I mean, we are just, this is the bet of all bets of a Dawson Knox. <laughs> 22 catches the year before or something, 24 or something. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He has like 39 career college catches and none of them have been in the touch for touchdowns. And I think he's, I know last year they threw to him one time in the red zone. He got it, but it's neither here nor there. It's just crazy. It's nuts. I mean, the offense, and he played like, that's the thing. He was on the field. He ran routes. They just it didn't wa- throw it to him. They just didn't throw to him. Yeah. Yep. Like, how do you even like, how does that even happen? Like it, by accident, you should be getting in an offense that throws that much. By accident, you should be getting more. It's just – it's nuts. Um, he's open a lot too, so that makes it even more crazy. Uh, Naughta is number five for me. Uh, he's nine for you. I don't think you've
1: seen much of Nada, right? Not a ton, but I mean even the games I watched live, I was not super impressed with him, but maybe I got to – you got you to gotta show me which what, games you to watch, watch. the I Florida guess. game, right? Yeah, but I mean – he just straight Florida up had, wrecked Vosan Joseph from a right, straight point. Like Florida, <laughs> Florida had one, no idea how to cover him, and two, they put Vosan Joseph on him, who is not a coverage linebacker, so well, they couldn't cover him because he's good, but I, mean, I don't think dad, he's I don't think he's great or anything they, like that. He's an early third, third round free. They threw to him four times in a row because Florida would not go off man coverage with Vosan on him. Yeah. And Vosan can't cover him. Yeah. And so, like, that was the majority of his production in the Georgia game. I get that now it is good, but, like, I have not seen a ton outside of that. So, like, I go into the Florida game going, like, okay, well, hell yeah, he beat Vosan because Vosan's not getting coverage. So, Mm -hmm. I guess I just got to see. You got to tell me which games to watch him. Florida. (laughs) That's
0: a good one. There aren't many he gets thrown the ball to either. He's kind of in Dawson Oxford, but he's a really, really good blocker. And that's where Knox is a little bit weaker, but... I do think Knox is more athletic than Nada. My biggest concern with Nada is he's super tight. Like he just he's really good in a, in, a, in a straight line, but I think he's super tight. Uh and I think he's going to have trouble separating because of that. I have see him within, actually
1: see, but then like what am I drafting,
0: dude? Uh a good vertical threat at tight end who can make contested catches and has great hands outside his frame and will block the crap out of you. That's like most tight ends in the league. That's why he's an early 3rd round grade for me. He's a really he's a really solid starter at tight end.
1: He's right. number 2. All right.
0: Let's see how he tests. Caden uh, Smith and Jay Sternberger. I'm guessing is tight end six and seven. Actually, Dax Raymond is has the same grade right now in tape as Isaac Nauta. So they need uh, they need um, testing to kind of break those two up. I'm putting Caden Smith and Jay Sternberger between them right now because I'm hopeful that's where they end up. But those are the two that I haven't finished yet. I finished the rest of their uh, these guys um, tape evals. Those top eight. So we'll see how it stacks up. Raymond could be four or it could be five. I'm sorry uh where it not is or he could be eight when it's all said and done we'll see how how it stacks up um i love raymond by the way i know you haven't he's 10 for you i don't think you've seen much of raymond you saw him the senior bowl a little bit
1: right nothing other than the
0: senior bowl yeah. honestly he's good he's he's really good i think you're gonna like him uh foster moreau is my tight and nine definitely one of my sleepers in this class i think he's a lot better than lsu kind of utilized him and that's what a lot of people are saying yeah at oh, least mac too you know number 10 for me i yep. i'm um, there's upside here, man. There's tools here. I think he's going to test well. He could be a riser for sure. It's going to be the attitude. That's going to be the character. That's going to be what teams are going to have to vet. You like two sleepers, tight end seven, Josh Oliver, and tight end eight, Travon Wesco.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Josh Oliver, just a big-bodied athletic tight end, um, natural as a receiver, but you could just tell that he's not very polished at like anything. And so I wouldn't really think that the, the coaching at um, San Jose State would be near NFL level so he's kind of just a ball of clay who he's a giant ass ball of clay and I'm hoping that that like is something that can be molded in the NFL to be you know more like a slot tight end I don't think he's ever going to be a blocking tight end but like you know you need something in the red zone. You're looking for a mismatch. Josh Oliver can be a good mismatch peach for you. So like I, I think that he's kind of got a rare combination of being athletic at as big as he is. And Trayvon is kind of the same way. He's tied in eight for me. I, I don't really know anything about him other than what I saw at the senior bowl, but I saw a giant what is he, six four, six five, and he was like two seventy or something. Yeah, and I thought he I thought he moved super well for a dude who's two seventy. And so I was so intrigued by him and the possibilities that you can have with a guy who is that big, either in line or even shoot like coming out in the slot. And so I was just really intrigued about what he was able to do and how well he was able to move at that kind of a size. So I definitely have to watch more of him, but I was really impressed.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be exciting to see how he tests. I know he has some fans out there. Offensive tackle. I've got a bridge. My offensive tackles here. A bridge is the bridge. The, is that the correct? Jawan um, Taylor who I finished moments before we recorded this podcast is going to be OT one or OT two, depending on how Jonah Williams finishes out for me. Oh wow. Yeah. He is freaking good. So I'll probably have it Jon for now. I'll probably have a Jonah, Jawan Taylor, Cody Ford, Dalton Reisner, Greg little with little could and Edwards kind of all in a bucket that I got to break up right now, but I feel pretty positive about that top four. Like I think Jonah, Jawan, Cody Ford, and Dalton Reisner are going to be my top
1: four. Man, it's crazy that it's good. I was watching. I, it's crazy that I was watching the best tackle in the country. <laughs> And you just hated offensive line play so much. I just much. don't. I just don't watch offensive line play. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you're watching
0: live, the funny thing was, I watched them live all season long, and I said to you many times, you know, and I wrote this in my SEC, you know, cap at the end of the season, you know, kind of, I, my most improved players, Jawan Taylor was the guy that I highlighted, and and I've said this to you many times. I was like, dude, Jawan Taylor got a lot better this year, but like watching him actually, like focusing just on him. And he played everybody, dude. He played Brian Burns. He played Josh Allen. He played Montez Sweat. He played DeAndre Walker. Uh, man, there's other guys too. Like, he, I mean, he played everybody. Like, this was quality
1: tape. Against I mean, Florida's offensive line, I've told you this multiple yeah, it's times. Yeah, crazy. it's crazy. Got real coaching for the first time in the last four years and were so improved this yeah. year. Yeah.
0: I mean, watching him, and here's another funny thing. So, he started two games at left tackle as a sophomore. Those were the two games I watched before I wrote his summer scouting report. Every other game of his career has been a right tackle. I hated him at left tackle, And dumb me didn't do the research and look to see those were his only two games at left tackle. You know, we're trying to get the site out. We're pumping out the evaluations, We're trying to fly through guys. I'm just like watching. I watched him and Martez Ivy together. Ivy was at, uh, was at left guard at that point in the season? So I'm like, you know, trying to get a feel for guys. And I was just like, man, he's really struggling at left tackle. Little did I know he was a right tackle his whole career. And those were the only two games that he played at left tackle. Uh, the odds are, are slim, but there they were. And so, I kind of laughed at that a little bit and, and thought, man, like at, at right tackle, he's very natural. He may end up being bad at left tackle, but, you know, at this point in time it's probably because he's played, you know, his whole career at right tackle, so he's more comfortable mm-hmm. there. But um, love love Jonah, love him, love Cody Ford. They'll probably all first-round grades for me as long as Jonah hits it there. Um, Reisner is an early second for me uh so i'm high on those i know we kind of have all the same in that group yeah uh, it's
1: all the same names yeah. really basically
0: the same guy just a couple hit sw- swinger missed a couple different spots you know we got uh guys bumping around both have chuma Yidoga, who showed up at the senior bowl and was, he was really awesome. good at the senior Bowl, yeah. man. i can't wait to get to his tape i haven't seen one second of him on tape uh but um he was really really impressive in uh in mobile interior offensive line this was this is such a simple group to break up for me right now like i i just feel like bradbury lindstrom eric mccoy are really good and Powers, Samia, and Dieter will probably be solid starters, maybe Jenkins too. And then after that everybody's
1: basically an adventure so far. I guess. <laughs> like oh, I have just... been I have been Powers in here twice. Who did I mean to put there? Uh oh, Dieter. I meant to put Dieter at the second Ben Powers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean that's we I've seen this now and we both have the same top seven guys just in different orders all over the place. Yeah, You have Linster, McCoy, Bradbury. I have Bradbury, Linster, it's, McCoy.
1: It's not a ton to get creative with. It's yeah, just, it's, it's, like-
0: it's a very straightforward class. Like the, the best guys are pretty obvious. You can you know mix and match kind of the order you have those guys in, but there really isn't. like It's probably six or seven guys deep, and then everybody after that. We all kind of have Nate Davis' interior. I have four of us have Nate Davis' interior offensive line number eight, <laughs> and that's just basically because he showed out in Mobile. I thought he was really good there, so I'm intrigued. I know Joe's seen his tape and liked him, so – uh, I've got more work to do on him we got to find some sleepers though man in this inter- offensive line class that's kind of my never. goal I mean I know you yeah, that's not really a passion of yours but <laughs> <laughs> I got to find some sleepers in this group because right now it just there's got to be a couple more guys out there that are difference makers because I like the top you know three a lot I like the top six seven you know enough to feel good about them in the top you know 75 80 picks maybe but outside of that I really don't feel great about anybody being a starter so maybe i just got spoiled on last year's class i guess but there you go there's our uh off look at our offensive top tens for the 2019 nfl draft updated pre-combine those will kind of continue to be updated too because we're doing tape evaluations every day and things like that so um those will be altered kind of as we go as well so Uh, Should be fun to get a deeper look at uh, at a lot of these prospects. But tomorrow we'll do defensive players on the podcast, and then uh, we'll get back to our our regular scheduled uh, programming in terms of going through the divisions and sorting out the offseason outlooks for each team in the NFL. So, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.